There was something with the Beach Boys yesterday, now that you play it, that came across my timeline. I don't know if it was Brian Wilson's birthday or something, but look at you, paying homage. Welcome back into the Plank Show. You don't like giving up the music to this show, do you? That's what this is all about. I do not, no. (laughs) We are joined right now by Travis Davidson. You hear him on Fridays with Tyler McComas. Actually, I don't even know what your schedule is, Travis. How often can we hear you here on The Ref? Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, Also, uh, Wednesdays at 2.35, I I go on to Locked In and talk recruiting uh, with Tyler and Parker. And then I have been uh, Teddy's fill-in from 3 to 6 every Friday on the afternoon rush with Tyler. So. Travis Davidson at Travis Skull. Now, to me, he has been the man representing living your best life in Omaha. Um, First and foremost, can you just take us through the Sooner Nation representing and what it's been like to just be a part of this excitement and this renewed passion for Sooner baseball right now? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's really a a hot topic of conversation, right? It's it's the the new passion versus the old passion. (laughs) Oh, I love that. It seems... It seems like old baseball or uh, the OU baseball isn't even isn't even up against opponents now. They're up against uh, kind of the, their infighting and their civil war, uh, while the team just goes out there and cruises to victories. Um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, something I've noticed about a lot of the Oklahoma fans I've seen is I'm seeing a lot of families. That's cool. uh, whether obviously obviously families of the players, but families making the trip from all throughout the Midwest. Um, obviously, a lot coming from Norman. But when you look at some of the other fan bases, like specifically Ole Miss, seems to be a lot of fraternities and college students. And Arkansas's got a got a got a real young fan base. It just seems that it's it's really cool to see, you know, OU. I always I always picture baseball as you have to bring the kids in order to create that next set of fans. One kid catches a foul ball, that kid's going to every baseball game that he can financially go to over the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So uh, I think. Uh, I think it's been great to uh, to see a lot of the Sooners in Omaha. I think you you and I were were texting about this the other day, Travis, and it is it it, it kind of, this team challenges some of the old school mindsets. And as you said, you've got what the 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 diehards versus the the new age fans. But it's been I, I don't care what we're fighting about. I feel like in the end, it's good, right? It generates excitement. And you said it. If people are fighting about it, that means they're interested. Yeah, of course, and and you know what's funny? There's always been the the argument about against baseball um, to the to the casual fan has been, oh, the game's kind of slow, and you know it's it, games take a long time, whatnot. Well, then we found during the softball run that we we saw a lot of a lot of engagement, a lot yeah. a, a lot of uh, new fans in that. And why did they say it? They said, man, it's fast paced. Well, how can you complain about baseball being slow? And then watch OU run as aggressive base running as anybody in any level of the sport. They they literally have chaos written across their chest and say, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know, man. I need things to slow down a bit. Like pick a lane, right? Like you got you got to pick a lane, right? So um, yeah, it's it's been fun and kind of as you and I were talking about the other day. We look at football season, right? And and, and I know that some people may have forgotten this part of football season, but you get on Twitter and there are thousands of of couch coaches right Mm -hmm. well that's that's because the sport is popular people are engaged people are emotional about it right people don't get emotional about things they don't care about so 
with baseball starting to get some of those couch coaches, that's, that's a good. good thing. That's a good thing because they're getting attention. And you know what comes with attention? You know that big old baseball stadium everybody wants? That baseball stadium is not coming unless OU grows the, the program. If you just have the same people going to the games and they don't have any new fans coming, that stadium ain't happening. Travis, what's the one or two things in your mind? Because I, you could list off probably 45 different things with this OU baseball team, but if you had to whittle it down to one or, one or two things, what's happened to spearhead this run in your mind for Oklahoma? Oh, really? It's, it's their – they don't have to rely on any one part of the sport. I mean, you look at um, – you look at, like, Texas, for example. Texas got here on the home run ball. They, they were more reliant on the home run than anybody in the country. In fact, they just fired their pitching coach, I believe, today or yeah. last night. But my, yeah. day, my days are blending. <laughs> um, but, but you come out to a park like, like this, and it's, it's definitely a pitcher's park. We've seen a couple you know, big home run balls, but nothing like we saw uh, in, the, in the regionals and super regionals. So you, you get like that, and Texas was kind of handcuffed when they got here. You rely on the home run ball and you go to a park like this, you're not going to win. It's just simple as that. Whereas we look at OU and their versatility of we can out-slug Texas A&M, hit a three-run shot, hit a grand slam, things like that. But then Notre Dame, it's base running. It's small balls. It's pitching. It, it, it reminds me a lot of, and, and I know I'll get flamed for this, but it reminds me a lot of how OU softball was. It's, it's, they had you know three aces. They could, they could shut you out if they needed to. If, if the pitching gave up a couple runs, they could score 15 runs if they needed to. Or if you get a, the barrel of the bat on the ball, Jada Coleman will go and rob you over the fence. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of that. It's, you're seeing incredible defensive plays. Um, Treadway's uh, center field diving catch, obviously, and then Blake Robertson into the dugout catch uh, in the opening uh, at-bat. It, it, it gets very frustrating to teams when they say, they can't pigeonhole their opponent and say, as long as we can keep them from doing this, we should win this game. And that's why I think OU is having a lot of success. Travis Davidson is our guest at Travis Skoll on Twitter. S-K-O-L, not Skoll. I'm, I'm a hick, I think, sometimes trying to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> take, can you just – we were talking about the family side of it, and, and that's really cool. But it seems – and I was talking last night to a couple of guys that are covering it. I guess this never resonated with me, but – it's not always a sellout, right? It's not always a guaranteed, but it seems as if you have in the eight fan bases that are there, eight who maybe outside Stanford didn't really travel all that well, but seven of the eight who really traveled well. And Ole Miss fans are suddenly coming, and old Oklahoma fans, I mean, are, are already there but coming to full force. Who else has really shown out to you as far as a fan base that's kind of caught your eye this week? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, obviously outside of Stanford, I, I've seen – almost every fan base in droves. Um, if you go by the Jello Shot Challenge rankings, <laughs> then Arkansas must have the most amount of fans and then Ole Miss next. Uh, or they're just the only ones that will rip themselves off on $4.50 Jello shots by the thousands. Um, so, uh, but I'll tell you what, Notre Dame fans were really surprising to me. I mean, when I think, when I think raucous fans, I don't think Notre Dame baseball, maybe, maybe that's unfair. Apparently it must be because they really showed up. Um, you're, see, you're seeing a lot of them, and what's cool is they go to all the games. I mean, people, I was sitting in, you know, I'll, I'll go down from the press box into the stands every game and just sit and kind of take it in and, and see who I'm seeing and, 
uh, I mean, you see every fan base, just baseball fans. And that's what's so cool. And that's what's so interesting because the sport obviously has moved heavily into the Southeast. Uh, you've got, you know, if OU and Texas were in the SEC today, you'd have six of the eight teams in the field as SEC teams. And that is a shock because Tennessee, the number one overall seed, was supposed to be here. So you're really looking at a potential in a couple of years if every program kind of remains on the path. Seven out of the eight teams in Omaha in the Southeast, that's not a short drive to Omaha. So uh, a lot of these people coming into town, uh, and, and it's not just hop, skip, and a jump. I mean, Fayetteville is the closest city to Omaha, then Norman, then South Bend. So, I mean, it's, it's really been cool to see these, these fan bases. Uh, and, and Omaha has done such an incredible job with this. I mean, I'm a big guy on production of games, right? So a lot of people ask, hey, what's your favorite spot to go to a bowl game? Mine personally is San Antonio because the hotels are right above the river. The restaurants are all right there. You can walk to the stadium. The, the city does a, a really good job of all that. Well, the same can be said for Omaha from, <clears throat> from everything, from the merchandise being right outside, from you know, the, the, the bars and restaurants right by it, all the hotels are downtown, from the fan experience that they have set up. I mean, Omaha is, is unintended knocking it out of the park. Travis Davidson hanging out with us. You can catch him every Wednesday on Locked In with Tyler and Parker Thune. Of course, he's been hosting on The Rush on Fridays. Travis, what are your thoughts in terms of who gets the next start for Oklahoma to try and send them to the championship series? And do you have a rooting interest? What's better for OU, A&M or Notre Dame? Um, I would personally like to see Notre Dame again. Um, I I mean, watching Texas and Texas A&M the other evening was fantastic because I wanted both of them to go home. So um, getting one of them out was incredible. I would rather see Notre Dame again. They play a lot like us in a lot of ways. Uh, but I, I think Sandlin's going to go personally. Um, I, know he, I know he had a rough outing against A&M and, and you know, gave up those four runs extremely quickly. But he's been solid for us all year. And... I I think they I think they go with him and luckily that's why you get all this rest right this is this is why you want those extra two days off um, so you know if push comes to shove they they can go elsewhere but I I really like Sandlin to start I think that's probably where they're going to go with it um, I don't I, I don't think you need to go down to a one two right away I hate to go non-Omaha quickly here, but you guys went out to, what, the Under Armour camp? You've been on the Cruton beat, Trav. What have you seen? What have you heard? How have the recruiting vibes been for what I guess you can say would be in 23, Brent Venable's first full class, where he's not having to kind of scurry to save some dudes and and, and maybe do some last-minute patchwork to help a class stay together. How has the reception been? What's the vibe? Uh, the vibes are immaculate, as as the kids say. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were out we were out in Vegas at the uh, OT seven. It was actually overtime, first ever seven on seven event. And my goodness, they that it was incredible. Everything from roster books. They had a DJ at the main stage. They had big video boards showing replays. They had a foam pit. They had an MC. It was wild, but it attracted all the top talent. It was the most loaded seven on seven event probably ever. Um, we talked to about 20 different OU targets, 
and that's the thing. When you can talk to people like that and you're not decked out, know you stuff, when I, you just walk up, talk to them, and, and, and they'll be honest with you. And some of the things I heard, I heard a, uh, a four-star defensive back said, look, I haven't told anybody this, but Oklahoma has the best fan base by far. And that was unprompted by us. He didn't know, you know where we were from, things like that. And, and that's what's kind of cool is you see you know, their, their offer, you know, offer tweets go out and they've got 2,000 likes from us and then they got 20 likes from Michigan or you know, whoever. Um, that, that matters to them because they equate that these days to NIL earnings down the road. They think, oh, this fan base really shows out. That means if I put up a T-shirt, I got all these people that are going to buy this T-shirt. You know, so, uh, but we're actually, we're in town here. Uh, we're going to go down to Fremont to uh, see Cade McIntyre, recent uh, OU commit. Uh, so we're, we're getting some football recruiting uh, done while here in Nebraska. But um, I'm, I'm really excited. Should have uh, some, some good news still this, still uh, over the next couple weeks. And recruiting has been, has been hot. We've had, what, two commits over the last seven, eight days. That's, that, that's, this is recruiting season. There's no doubt about it. So I think with the staff, they're really settling in. Recruiting is all about relationships. Right. And, you know, Todd Bates having such great relationships throughout the Southeast, um, his time at Clemson, and, and obviously Brent Venables having kind of those similar ties. We're going to hit the state of Florida way harder than the previous staff ever could. Um, you know, and you're going to get those with those recruiting ties. But, uh, I'm excited. The running back room looks like it's filling up nicely. Uh, I think uh, um, I think Dalen Smothers will be that last running back in the class. Really excited about that out of North Carolina, number one player out of North Carolina. Another one running back out of North Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what we do with the tight end room personally um, with Reed Mikeska heading to Miami uh, after OU had a lead in that recruitment. But, yeah, exciting stuff in recruiting. It is a great time. Over the next, I would argue, over the next probably six weeks, we'll probably have another six commits, maybe five, six commits. That's big. Which time. seems like a lot, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I mean, seems like a lot, but it would calm some people down who are freaking out right now about yeah. it. That's for certain. And, and you know what I've said a lot, Travis is, look, uh, it's a long ways to that December early signing period, but guess what? It's a short time away from that December early signing period, so well, it's time for them to start also, making a little bit of hay this summer. Yeah, but you have, yeah, and you have to remember, right, so Venables will not let anybody take a visit after they commit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people want to visit a lot of places. That makes Oklahoma a lot of times the final official visit, which is usually good, right? So – we're seeing a lot of OU targets cancel visits to other places, which is a very good thing. I think uh, uh, McCarty Vickers just canceled his Texas visit. That's going to come down to uh, Oklahoma and Alabama. Uh, he is a top 100, uh, uh, top 100 corner out of Florida. We don't get a, a lot of those traditionally, so that would be a big get. But you have, you have to remember, there's there's really two, and, and there's no right or wrong, I guess, but there's two philosophies that recruits hold for the most part. You have your half that wants to commit before the season, before their senior season, so they can shut down recruitment, focus on their last year in high school football, and go try and win a state championship. Or you have the people that want to commit during kind of that national signing day, whether it's during an All-American game, um, whether they want to wait until February to do it on the, what I call national signing day, (laughs) um, the original one. So, 
So you, you pretty much have those two camps. OU has a ton of targets that are making that decision in, in the next few weeks because they want to make it before their senior season starts. Now, the champion barbecue list, that was full of commits or full of recruits that are making those early decisions. You'll see another big OV weekend closer to, you know, the end of the season, National Signing Day type stuff. And that's where um, a couple – there was a, some confusion with one recruit because OU pushed his visit back, but it's because he pushed his decision back. OU is extremely cognizant of being hot on the mind during decision time for these recruits. They're very aware of it, um, which I think is great because I think we'll see a lot less signing day flips. Uh, and I know, I know that uh, makes people pull their hair out. Oh, it's so frustrating. All right, hey, Trav, most important question. Um, you're not an Arkansas fan. Let's just make that very clear. You're respective. <laughs> but you've shown up in the stands because you got family that are down there rooting for Arkansas, right? Yeah, so my sister graduated from Arkansas. I actually grew, grew up in Fayetteville. I, ah, I used okay. to live right, off of, uh, off, right, right by Dixon. We walked all the hog games. I was calling hogs when I was like four years old. So, yeah, of course. Of course, I'm down there calling the hogs like, you know, once or twice in the last decade that I've done it. And lo and behold, I'm right there on ESPN, on TV. <laughs> Twitter got a hold of it. And, man, you talk about some of the, some of the old school baseball fans uh, saying no, no new baseball fans. There were some people coming for my OU fanhood. I'm like, y'all, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm locked in. 1,000% committed, as the kids say. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, buddy. Have fun, Travis. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy, and we'll look forward to listening to you tomorrow. And, obviously, uh, helping to anchor our coverage in Omaha all week long, bud. Hey, appreciate you guys. See you, Travis. Travis Davidson. Hear him on The Rush Fridays from 3 to 6 with Tyler and on Locked In Wednesdays with the crew. I didn't realize. I heard I heard one Drake Dyken make reference to the Rocco's Jello Shot Challenge update. I didn't realize how lopsided it had become. Oh, Woo Pig is rolling. 6,526 Jello Shots. To 5,428 jello shots for Ole Miss, the 6,526 Arkansas fans. Yeah, there was some Arkansas fan that bought 500 in one sitting. $63,265. Unreal. It's Plank Show right here on the ref. Do you know what I just realized, Josh? What's that? Coffee number one. Only one cup of coffee today. Man, that's awesome. That's uh, your summer resolution to drink less coffee. Now, granted, I did have one last night at like 9 o'clock at night because I was worried I wasn't going to make it through the show. (laughs) That game last night. Got done. So just to kind of break down the fourth wall a little bit, we have to get one hour. We have to get one hour of the show, and then that hour repeats until their morning show comes on. But we have to get a full uninterrupted hour. So we've, we've got to get on by 10 o'clock. We've got to get on by 10 o'clock. Guess what wasn't done last night by 10 o'clock? The post-game show for the game. So the guy, um, Mike Farron, is like, let's just start doing it. And it worked out well. It worked out well. Hey, you want to hear a little Skip Johnson after practice yesterday? Sure. This is courtesy of, course. of John Hoover and his crew over at allsooners.com. Yeah, I mean, I think all those things uh, uh, come, uh, you know, come into effect of when you're out there in that environment, you're playing, 
you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you're at home, sometimes you're visitors in that environment. And so I think that was that's the biggest key. Last night for us to be a home team, I thought it was really key for us and kind of set the tone early. Cade was really good in the first inning. Great play by, you know, uh, uh, and kind of set the tone. Great play by Blake, you know, just not caring. He's just going to go get the ball and just playing like a baseball player should play. You know, he's just going out there and catch the ball, and Kate was really good and, and got him in the rhythm. And, and our we started forcing, you know, pressing the envelope on them a little bit, and it kind of helped us. Good stuff. I'll have more of that coming up later. Hey, thanks, Josh. And uh, was that Josh Calloway, John Hoover? Great stuff over at allsooners.com. And real quick, before I get to Bill and you at 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, got a text asking about Cole Adams. Now, again, like I said, I'm not a Cruton guy, but we've got Parker Thune coming up, and obviously we just had Travis Davidson on. Uh, I asked Travis because I didn't see your tweet in time, and you guys matter to me. You people matter to me. Cole visited Arkansas, and they did a really – Really nice job with them. Arkansas has a lot of Tulsa area kids. Kiwan Parker, uh, Kiwan Parker, excuse me, uh, Miles Lusher, Luke Haas, they're all committed and more. But he said he still likes Oklahoma to land him. So there you go. That's the receiver out of Owasso. I'm telling you what, Arkansas is a problem when it comes to getting in this state and getting a few guys, right? Sam Pittman's doing a nice job. It definitely the Tulsa Metro for sure. Gosh. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, all right, let's get to the phones. Did you say Bill is next up on the Riverwind Casino line? What's going on, Bill? How are you? Nothing much. Hey, Bill. Uh, hey, hopefully the Sooners will win the College World Series. If they do, what do you think little brother and little sister will do? Don't you think they'll be upset about that? Um, I would like to believe that there would be that certain sense of anguish and frustration that then Oklahoma would triple the number of national champions that championships at Oklahoma State has won in its beloved baseball. But in the same vein, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they'd be too upset about it, right? I mean, they – they had a chance. They hosted their own regional and unfortunately couldn't get out of it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know how down they could possibly be because they'll always say, well, we beat you in football this year, right? Uh, that's right. But I see what they say when we, Big Brother goes to the SEC. <laughs> they ought to be able to win something after that. I think there's, I think that's a pretty good program. I don't think they're going anywhere. I, oh, I hope that I don't have anything against them. I just don't like the way their animosity towards OU is. Well, I mean, Bill, I like you. You're one of my favorite dudes, but you've spent the first part of this call calling them little brother. So I think you might understand where some of that comes from just a bit. And I get it. I get it. It's been a constant thing. Auburn and Alabama has it too. But, yeah, I, I think you kind of magnified why there might be some frustration. Well, what I'm saying, they – even before I said that, I went to an OSU game back in the 60s with my dad when OU was out of town. Mm-hmm. And they announced the score, and OU was losing at the time. And that stadium erupted. And from that day on, I said, never will I pull for OSU again. Mm. Well, you've got your reasons, Bill. Hey, thanks for the call, buddy. Enjoy. All right. Enjoy. 
Bill just coming in to fire a few salvos at little brother and then wanting to know why they have an attitude. <laughs> but speaking of that. But seriously, why why do they have an attitude? <laughs> I mean, come on. I think he's, he's speaking sense as far as what I'm concerned. I got a kick yesterday. Uh, my guy Huck in Missouri. And Huck is a big – well, at least he was. I think Huck and – uh, Mad Dog's on a little bit of a break right now. But Huck was my first ever caller on Mad Dog Sports Radio whenever I filled in. And Huck's reportedly a diehard Oklahoma fan. I think he is. And he retweeted something with Mike Gundy and said this, as a diehard Sooner fan, I'll take Gundy over Venables every day and ten times on Sunday – Venables hasn't proven jack bleep yet. Now, again, I like Huck, one of my guys, as I said. Um, but for a tweet that didn't necessarily make massive rounds, it got pretty well ratioed. <laughs> and and then he, he, he went on and added, it's almost I'm almost embarrassed to be an OU fan today. Most OU fans are on planet delusional. Gosh, Huck. What are you doing? Regardless of of records and numbers, I just I think you support your guy, whoever's coming in. Wow, like, maybe we'll see. But I kind of I can't I can't wait to see this product on the field for Brent Venables with everything that's going on off the field and in the foundations that have been built. Wait, OU go. fans are on Planet Delusional because they're excited for Brent Venables. Yeah, but because uh, he had said. I would take Mike Gundy over Brent Venables every day and 10 times on Sunday. And then whenever people are like, you're crazy. What are you, what are you talking about? How can you even say that? That's when he went with the, you're delusional. Yeah. Huck's a good caller. Maybe I can get him to call in the show. Well, I understand the argument for Mike Gundy is, is proven, but, I mean, it's just – yeah. It's impossible to say right now. Yeah, it is. It's tough. I mean, Brent Venables could wind up being Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. I mean, he could be the next great head football coach in college football. And he's clearly he's got a much better landscape to work with at the sure. University of Oklahoma than Mike Gundy has ever had access to. But Mike Gundy's a really good coach, yeah. right? I know that that Bedlam record gets used against him a lot on these airwaves and around here, but look, Mike Gundy's one of the best 15, 20 coaches in America. I don't think anybody would debate that. Ken is next up. Good morning, Ken. Welcome to the show. How are you, Ken? Yeah, hi, Chris. I didn't get to hear you call the games because I was at church camp and came down with this stupid summertime sinus. I'm about to head back to the doctor to get some more crap to take for this. But um, I was going to ask you, since everybody is so excited about softball and, you know, the championship – do you know offhand, um, you know, since we lose five super seniors, it's going to be a different team. I sure. still think we have a good chance to, to uh, win the whole thing again. But who has Patty gotten besides that one pitcher from South Carolina that's really good coming in next year? Do you know? Um, the girl, oh, the Kirsten Deal, the left-handed right. pitcher? Right. We got her, and then we got a pitcher from Michigan that just signed. But I was wondering, do you know of any other recruits that yeah. – Patty's going after that she's gotten already. I haven't really heard too much. All right. Trying to find out. No, let's 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 go through it here a little bit. Ken, I appreciate your phone call. I hope you get well. I've been battling this too. It sucks, right? You can't get rid of it. Well, no, and I'm supposed to go to church camp Friday again Uh-oh. for another week. So Damn man. You're gonna <laughs> hey, 
Big man's going to have a, a, a lot to owe you. I mean, battling through this sinus infection, spending your summers at church camp, you're the man, Ken. Yeah, I know, well, I know, Chris, and I keep telling myself, why am I doing this stuff? But I love I love church camp. I love the kids. But but yet, I didn't get to hear you call the okay. games, which, which is just as well. Um, I'll take your answer off okay, here about the recruiting, Chris. All right, thanks, man. So here's the class for this year, and in fact, if you uh, – I liked this tweet, and I'm so confused by now liking tweets. I guess when you heart a tweet, it now shows up on your timeline. And there was an article that made the rounds on Jocelyn Erickson, who is coming in and what set the Arizona record for home runs. She's a, she's a stud. She's listed as a utility player. She's a lefty. Some have put her in the conversation to potentially be a day-one starter at first base. So – you know, that's the there's your battles right now, right? What are the corners going to look like? Who's at first? Who's at third? You're replacing, you know, a combination of players at first base, and you've got um, what I would assume is a natural progression for Alyssa Brito to be your third baseman. I could be way off. I'm just this is oh you I haven't had a chance to debrief with oh you believer fifty six or the diehard softball fans who you know haven't really looked ahead as much as I should, but I think you could maybe pencil in Jocelyn Erickson as a first baseman and pencil in Alyssa Brito at third because second and short, you're good, right? Now, I I don't know if Kinsey, you know, Kinsey Hansen's she's so good behind the plate, but maybe if a Sophia Nugent starts to wow a little bit more than you could see more Hanson at first and Nugent catch. I, I don't think so, but that's a possibility. But Jocelyn Erickson, who's coming in, definitely is going to play a role at some point in the infield. And you've got Avery Hodges coming in from Richmond, Texas, who I think is a really good defensive infielder. Of the other two signees of the pitch, Kirsten Deal has a little Jordy Ball to her, but she's a lefty. In fact, her and S.J. Guerin, two lefties that are coming in, uh, Deal's not just the top pitcher in the class of 2022. She's the number one player in the country. So that's going to be big time. Uh, Oklahoma is still working on the transfer portal, and they've already added Alex Storaco. Storaco? Storaco? Storaco is what I've always said. Storaco. And whenever Justin McLeod came on, he kind of pronounced it. I think he said, like, Storaco. Anyway. Uh, she's transferring in, Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. I think the all-time winningest pitcher in Michigan history. She's a grad student, so she's coming here. So you've got and, – and I have not seen anyone from Oklahoma in the portal yet. Now, I don't have access to the portal, and I know there's been nonstop concerns about Nicole May. I mean, I, I'm not at that point yet where I'm reaching out to parents to ask them, but if you guys want me to, I will. But you start thinking about that rotation with Storaco, May, Ball, and then you add Kirsten Deal to the miss and S.J. Guerin. Oh, I don't know what Emmy Guthrie's role is going to be, and we'll see about Macy McAdoo, but that's a pretty salty five whenever you're going into 23. Meanwhile, um, the, the, the Barnard kid is not in the transfer portal. I don't know why this keeps coming up. I don't know why this keeps popping up, but – so. Barnard is she transferring in? <laughs> Stop. So that's I, I I keep, but it keeps popping up, and people keep talking about it. Um, she's not in the portal, from what I've been able to to gauge, and I don't think she's going anywhere. 
But there's been some buzz about a few players in the Pac-12 that could be headed this way. The Oregon girl's been in the portal for a minute. She has shown some interest in Oklahoma. I don't know about the other side. But I, Patty told us on this show last week that she's not done. And they're looking for a little bit more power to add to the lineup. So I hope that helps, Ken. And any chance I get to talk college softball, you know I'm going to do it. 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Riverwind Casino call in line 329-9000. We haven't taken our bottom of the hour break yet. So when we come back, let's dive back into some OU baseball and more specifically the games today. Top five stories of the day coming up here at the top of the hour brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Isn't there like a rap song that has this as the intro to it? Oh now? no! Yeah, I I think it's old. To someone, someone help me out. I'm asking for a lot of people my age to help me out with something that I probably would have no hope in figuring out. Did so, you did you have a fun break? I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> you just are grinning ear to ear. So I well, assume that something positive happened. It's kind of funny because during the commercial break, I had to turn in a timesheet. I was walking. I was trying to be nosy and see what they were talking about in the meeting. Okay. They have a they have a Tuesday meeting now because everyone was gone on Wednesday. And then, oh, no, I know what I was smiling about. Mark Desher, at OU Photo Guy, had sent me the cover for the August issue of Boyd Street. And then I sent it to Jackie to get her response to it. But Jackie doesn't text me during the off season, so it'll she'll reply at some point in February. She doesn't really text you during the season though either. That's does she? very true. That's right. She does not <laughs> like me. She's in that group of people that can't stand me, which include uh Amanda over at Cavens. Apparently, according to that soft week texter yesterday, everyone in Tulsa and um my wife. So it's a pretty good group. Anyway. Be pumped. There's I I had so much fun because I wrote the articles for this month on like a deadline. I felt like I felt like Eric Bailey, baby. I had a deadline that it was that it was creeping up on and talking about the softball story. And I thought it turned out really well. Do you see people are getting mad now? Mad, I think you sent this to me. That they asked seven softball analysts who were the best of all time, the greatest team of all time. And five of the seven chose the Sooners, and people are mad because the other two didn't choose them. Like, <laughs> listen, I, I do think that if you played for a team that many had viewed as the greatest of all time, and then suddenly this squad comes in and, again, does it a little different than you did, you can be, uh, you're going to probably be a little bit more prideful for your team. I saw where Beth Mowens listed T.R.A. Jennings as her front runner for. 2023 National Player of the Year. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be stacked next year too. I mean, stacked. It's fun. Beth Mowens subscribing to an always smart theory. <sighs> Crap. I guess I'm just gonna pick somebody from Oklahoma. Ooh, how about this quick update? Since we're um, since we're due a break, and I want to try to catch up. And I mentioned that uh, our man Webb Dingus, Johnny Baseball, had checked in, and I want to throw out what he had said. But our boys up in Omaha, Parker and Travis, are going to be live from Double Zero Pizzeria at noon today in Omaha. So if you're in town and you're tuned in while streaming us on either the app or the new look area of sports.com, 
uh, or uh, on iHeartRadio, 94.7 The Ref, wh- whichever way you're checking in today, go check those guys out in Omaha if you're out and about. And I will say one thing I learned last night that I didn't really truly understand until watching every every outfielder struggle in left field, they built the stadium east-northeast. So when the sun sets, it's setting right in the face of the left fielder. And they did it because they wanted to have the bridge in the background and they wanted to have the Omaha stuff. But when I say the Omaha stuff, I mean like the the landscape and all the stuff with the city. But real quick, Josh, left field is a – is that breaking? Is that breaking news? Wow. But every – Every play in left field is an adventure, and it doesn't look like it's getting any easier. Is that new? Yeah, this is breaking. According to a report, yep, here we go. Tony Busby has announced in a statement that all but four of the civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson have been settled. Hmm, interesting. Today I announced that all cases against Deshaun Watson, with exception of four, have settled. We are working through the paperwork related to those settlements. Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The term and amount of the settlements are confidential. We won't comment further on the settlements or those cases. Interesting. So does this mean that the NFL is going to just be like, oh, we got these settled, so no need to penalize you. Uh, here's the question. By, this is breaking. Sorry. Well, there's still four outstanding. A big question, writes USAToday.com, is how the settlement might affect any decision to suspend him under the NFL's personal conduct policy. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said in May the investigation into allegations against Watson was nearing an end, but it's not clear what the league knew about two potential new lawsuits filed against Watson this year are the information that came out of recent pretrial discovery. Do you think this affects his suspension in a positive way or in a negative way? Probably in a positive way. I think you're right. I think you're right. Now you've got basically 24 turns into four in a sense. Mm. There you go. Tony Busby, that's the attorney for the plaintiffs. All but four of the civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson have been settled. This is that moment where we remind you it was one accuser of Ben Roethlisberger that led to his suspension. It was one incident with Ray Rice that it took video to lead to his suspension. I mean, these are if, – if you've settled them, that means you're paying them, which means that there is a financial pittance that you paid. Oh, I'd be curious to see how the NFL views this. But all but four. And so there's still four out, outstanding. Correct. Right now. Yeah. What were we talking about before that? Oh, left field. What a disaster to try to play left field at Charles Schwab Stadium whenever the sun's going down. You see, last night had issues again. Mm-hmm. All weekend long. All right, let's try to figure out what's going on with this saga involving Deshaun Watson next. I know I know I'm officially in 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 the lifestyle, Josh. Whenever my man Kelly, I hope you don't mind me 
reading this tweet and the text Cal, you can text me anytime you want, dude. You're my boss. Uh, he said, do you have a farrier? Do you know what a farrier, Josh? A farrier? That's right. It's people that take care of your horse's feet, take care of your horseshoes. I do not, Callie, but my daughter does, so I can just, I don't know anything. I'm clueless. This Okay, uh, we got the top five stories today coming up next hour presented by Newcastle Casino. You and the barrel racing thing is just it's a fascinating. Life, it's a lifestyle, Josh. I will say I do get some weird looks. This is how I dress everywhere. I wear this, the cowboy. Yeah, you don't, I don't fit I, in I don't at fit all. in, right? No. I'm, no. I've, got a, I've got a new hat that I've been breaking in a little bit. I might showcase a few times, but it's not necessarily a cowboy hat. Do you have cowboy boots? No. Well, I do, but they don't fit me right. <laughs> you, dude, we got to get you some cowboy boots, right? No, they're too expensive. Uh, 20 of the 24 lawsuits against Deshaun Watson have been settled. The Royal We have been trying to figure out exactly what that means. And by that, when I say what that means, uh, I guess the question more than anything else, how does the NFL view this? And I guess Roger Goodell isn't even the person making the decision on Deshaun Watson's suspension. So I will say, Browns fans, stop. He just settled 20 of 24 lawsuits in a sexual harassment allegation. It's not high five time. Well, and it's not over. Yeah, I showed you guys. Take that, OU. Take that, Big. No. There's still four sexual assault lawsuits Outstanding. It, this is not done. All right, so let's let's go more in depth on the next right here on the Home Sooner Fans.